let's be real. Lawsuits are no fun, but with Paulson and Nace, at least they are a little easier. With two DC-born partners, Paulson and Nace will fight for you the way only a Washingtonian could. Paulson and Nace handles medical malpractice, wrongful death, and other complex injury cases involving negligence. So if you have been hurt or lost a loved one because of someone else's mistake or negligence, call Paulson and Nace for a no-obligation consultation. Visit www.paulsonandnace.com or call 202-463-1999. Today on CityCast DC, Metro is planning to redevelop the Brookland Metro stop. But what should the new version of the neighborhood look like? Considering that this project touches on metro, housing, parking, and retail, it is no surprise that people have strong opinions. The Washington Business Journal's Tristan Navarra has been covering it, and he is here to tell us what is in store. Oh, and after the interview, CityCast CEO David Plotz will be joining us for a conversation sponsored by Urban Pace about the new Kite House condos up in D.C.'s Tacoma neighborhood. They are part of the community known as the Parks at Walter Reed, and it all sounds somehow both modern and historic, so stick around to learn more. Today is Monday, September 18th. I'm Michael Schaefer, and here's what DC is talking about. Hey, Tristan. Hey, Michael. Good to talk again. Good to see you, man. So it is looking like Metro wants to redevelop uh big chunk around the Brookland Catholic University Station, an area that's seen actually a lot of change in the last decade. What are they doing? Why are they doing this? Yeah, so um, Metro is kind of following up on a 10-year development plan that it released last year that really focuses on some of those stations, uh, especially kind of on the eastern portions of the map that aren't really being used very well. So in this case, you know, it's literally just a parking lot. Um, it's a bus turnaround. Uh, it's it's space that is in the middle of an of a very urban area that could be a lot of other things. They are concerned about you know trying to generate more revenue through some of the land that they own. So they're really taking a look at Brooklyn as the next possible place to to get involved in development. So will you describe the area for people who don't know it intimately? There's been you know a huge new development around Catholic, but the metro station is still has this open land, I guess, that is controlled by Metro and not really used for much. Yeah. yeah. So if you're not familiar with the area, Brooklyn is in northeastern D.C., central northeastern D.C., kind of an area where a lot of single family homes start to meet some of the commercial and more urban parts of the city. The Catholic University campus is right there. There's a bunch of kind of business development. There's a couple of streets um, that have a lot of uh, shops and a lot of kind of restaurants and stuff. So it's kind of a microcosm of DC, if you really think about it. A lot of different kinds of uses all converge in one area that is kind of quiet right now, but has seen a lot of change in the past few years. So what does Metro want to do? As you, you said, they've got this sort of parking area, this kiss and ride, it's kind of suburban style. What do they want to do to it? The Metro really looks at this as a place that could support a lot of housing development. It, it is in their best interest to see the land developed as much as possible into a revenue generating capacity beyond what it is right now. So they are envisioning 
some kind of development of about 400 residential units, 400, 450. It's not a done deal. They would need to find developers who would actually put together a plan, but that's generally what they think is going to happen there. They think that a residential focused development would generate a lot of new ridership in that station, and that would you know, help them even more, kind of especially as they face the budget issues that they do right now. So 400 units, this would be in like apartment or condo style organization? Yeah, almost certainly would probably be apartments. With retail attached on the ground floor? I, I think that that's sort of an open discussion. They're kind of in the attitude of, well, hand us a deal and we'll see if we can make it work. They probably would like to entertain some kind of commercial use on that land. Commercial use would be profitable, but what does the area support is the question. Right. So DC, which is housing is very expensive. It gets more housing out of this. Metro gets, in theory, money from developing the thing and riders from basically importing their ridership. There was a public hearing about this Mm -hmm. last week. What does the public think? Yeah, so the meeting was held last Tuesday, and really residents were kind of all over the map. You have these kinds of hearings that are kind of a a chance for folks to to talk about what they want to see there, and people are kind of everywhere. There is definitely some concern about congestion, how they're going to reorganize those bus lanes so that hopefully they don't end up driving too much traffic into the neighborhoods around the station. Some folks would like to see a grocery store. Some folks would like to see bike lanes. Some folks would like to see affordable housing. Some folks would like to see more walkability and green space. You know, trying to meet all of these needs, is it's like trying to thread a needle while jumping on a trampoline. That's the great thing about going to these hearings also, because anyone who wants can stand up and be like, you know, I'd like a bowling alley or (laughs) an archery range. Yeah, yeah. There are a lot of competing desires in the neighborhood. And I assume, having covered DC for a while, that one of the sticking points is people are worried whenever anyone talks about doing away with parking spaces. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. There's a real debate, at least in this neighborhood, about how the parking should be managed, right? So as I said, several folks are really interested in seeing a grocery store here. And it could be a real possibility, a grocery store on top of a metro station in in such a dense area. But a grocery store means more parking. Um, inevitably, it's going to mean people are wanting to get there by car. You had several folks at the hearing talk about, hey, I think there's too many cars in this neighborhood already, but every one of them also had a car. Metro theoretically thinks that having apartments on top of metro stations will discourage people from driving. Is that true or not? Some places it is and some places it isn't. This is an area that's kind of on the edge of the commercial cityscape of D.C. So you're going to have people who are going to need to get around on cars. It's going to be it's going to mean traffic. Wait, so right now, this kiss and ride lot and so on, like how busy is it? How much do people use it? As metro stations go, this one is pretty well used, but there's just a lot of potential to increase the ridership. They're thinking tens of thousands of new riders a year if that site is fully built out. I mean, you, you've covered this for quite a while. Who do you think would wind up living there? I mean, I can imagine a scenario where it's a lot of students from Catholic and they will then walk to campus and not be taking the metro to and fro because they'll be going to campus. Yeah, well, it's probably going to be a lot of Catholic students, a lot of recent grads, a lot of young professionals. It's going to be folks who maybe have ties to the area or are maybe looking for something a little bit quieter than Noma or uh, Navy Yard. 
but you're, it's by and large, it's going to be kind of young renters. I think it's interesting to look at this specific development kind of as a microcosm of, of all of DC and some of the issues that it's facing. You know, there are fourth generation, fifth generation folks who, who have lived a few blocks away from this site for years, and they have been mind blown by the change in the past couple of years. There are a lot of new to DC people who feel like this area is way underutilized. This is a city that's changing a lot and there are a lot of competing kind of interests. I think the best outcome will be if everybody compromises a little and sees this site change into something, but something that's respectful of the neighborhood. And that's gonna be, that's gonna be a struggle. It's time to get dressed up, DC! So Others Might Eat is having its Young Professionals Network Spring Soiree that's to help raise funds for homelessness in DC. The gala is on the evening of May 17th at the National Museum of Women in the Arts. There will be live music from DJ Heat from the Washington Wizards, photo booths, food, and even a special appearance by a former actor from Pretty Little Liars. Wow! There will also be a canned food drive, so be sure to bring a few cans to support Sum's Food Pantry. Grab tickets before they're gone at sum.org slash spring soiree. That's S-O-M-E dot O-R-G slash spring soiree. See you there. When was the last time you went to the theater? Well, we have a new show for you to check out. The Gala Theater in Columbia Heights is showing the political musical comedy Museum in the Closet, Avida's Return, which follows Argentine icon Eva Perón to the afterlife as her preserved corpse ignites political scandals, clandestine affairs, and mysterious murders. The show is full of samba, reggae, and tango that will have you tapping your feet nonstop. The show is in Spanish with English surtitles and will run from May 9th through June 9th. Get your tickets now at galatheater.org or call 202-234-7174. So this is all happening against the backdrop of Metro facing this like massive, what is it, like $175 million deficit. Uh, can you explain how these two things connect to one another? You know, you, I can imagine them making a case that this is very good for their bottom line. Yeah, yeah. So Metro is really concerned about its long-term financial sustainability right now. Um, there, There's not a lot of signs that people are going to be coming back to work five days a week like they used to. Um, people are using the stations. The, the ridership is, is increasing. Um, it's going towards where it was before the pandemic, but, but things still have a long way to go. And, and the long-term viability of, of Metro system really relies on them generating more riders. For years, they've been looking at some of their stations and how they can find better ways to monetize that land. So some of those stations have been easier to develop than others. What you're seeing is Metro is trying to get a little more aggressive about some of those places where it holds valuable land that could be used and also 
you know, create housing that generates more writers. So let me, let me see if I understand this right. Back in the day when Metro was first created, the authority, they, they got uh, these large parcels of land around the stations because it was a time when people assumed the model would be drive your car to the Metro, take the Metro downtown, sort of suburban sprawl model. And since then, as uh, a lot of these areas around stations have urbanized, Metro has been able to kind of jettison some of this open land or sell it for quite a lot of money that they can then plow back into Metro and turn these areas into like little downtowns. And this is the idea of what they'd be doing in Brookland and a bunch of other places on this new list they've come out with. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You know, Metro has historically been lauded by the development kind of world for being really smart about transit-oriented development. A lot of cities wish that they had the kind of system that that we have along some of those areas of you know the orange line corridor and the silver line where you see really dense development that that does gradually move into single and less dense housing so brookland is one of seven places that metro is listed for this kind of development can you what do we know about the others yeah so for the past couple of years metro was really looking west especially along the silver and orange line and blue line corridors into virginia most of those sites are pretty well built out at this point, or there's a good idea of how they're going to happen. Now, there's a lot of metro land kind of on the eastern side of the map where there have been either complications or the market hasn't really supported a lot of development. Or in a case like this one, the amount of change that's happened over the past couple of years has meant, you know, what they would have developed there 10 years ago versus what they would develop there today is very different. So... This is one of the sites that they're really targeting to develop sooner than later. They have several other developments potentially in the pipeline because it would be basically the easiest to execute. There, they, there is not a huge amount of infrastructure issues with the land. There is not a bunch of difficult covenants. This is, this is an area similar to the Tacoma lot where they're in the middle of a project right now. They have a pretty easily usable swath of land, and they're not using it that that heavily right now. Tristan, thank you so much for being here. Yeah, thanks again, Michael. And listener, don't go anywhere. In just a second, we've got a segment sponsored by Urban Pace with CityCast CEO David Plotz in conversation with the developer of Kite House at the Parks. Hi, I'm CityCast CEO David Plotz, here to bring you the first installment of our monthly house and home segment presented by Urban Pace Real Estate. Today, I'm here with Jonathan Quince, the developer of Kite House. Kite House is a beautiful condo building up in Tacoma, D.C., really close to Rock Creek Park. I have been watching this development at the parks at Walter Reed for years. I'm so excited. I'm really excited to talk to you, Jonathan. Welcome to CityCast. Thank you, David. I'm excited to talk to you, too. Jonathan, Kite House is on the site that was originally Walter Reed Army Medical Center, right? So how does the parks at Walter Reed community pay tribute to that history? So, so honoring the history of the site was probably our core design philosophy. It drove every decision that we made before we even commenced designing any of the buildings that were on site. And that begins with both the overall massing and design of the buildings right down to the material selections, you know, what goes on the exterior of the buildings down to how do the windows look. And then this philosophy extends through to the use of open space to maintain the views of the historic buildings that we're correctly honoring them as the landmarks that they are in the city. It is such a beautiful spot in the city. I'm so glad you guys are building there. So Jonathan, you were talking before we 
started taping about the garage at Kite House and how proud you were of the garage. People are not usually proud of a garage. Why are you proud of your garage? It's probably the accomplishment I'm most proud of. And that is that we actually reused the existing below grade garage underneath the Kite House. And by reusing the garage and not constructing a new garage, we've embodied the same amount of carbon as you would by taking 10,000 cars off the roads for a year. That's amazing. With Kite House specifically, what size apartments are we talking about? What is the price range of those apartments? So David, the, the residences are one to three bedrooms and they're priced from the mid 300s to just over a million dollars. Some of the units are eligible for the district's affordable housing program. And so for any of your listeners who are interested, I would strongly encourage that they reach out to the district's housing authorities and see if they're eligible for an affordable unit. So what are some of the benefits to living up in the parks community? What are the best spots to hang out or grab dinner at? I think that the campus has some amazing open spaces. It's unique in D.C., the Great Lawn in particular is a historic element that was, has survived from the original hospital. And we have really lent into that as our event space for the campus. There is year-round programming that's hosted up here, including concerts. We have theatrical performances and holiday celebrations. And then smaller scale events like our complimentary yoga classes that are offered spring through the fall. We're only half a mile from Tacoma and the Tacoma Metro Station and, and the fantastic downtown that is Tacoma. And then I think in terms of the dining in particular, we have a, a bunch of really exciting restaurants coming to the campus. I particularly love ramen. I'm very excited for when Junior opens oh, yeah. any day now. That place is great. And then, and then of course, nothing beats the convenience of, of having a Whole Foods at your front door as well. How big is the Great Lawn? I, I actually don't know. <laughs> it's about the size of a football field. Oh my God, that's enormous. Aside from the cool neighborhood, why should CityCast DC listeners choose to buy at Kite House specifically? So all the residences have particular sophisticated finishes. We have herringbone backsplashes, Bosch appliances, wide plank flooring. And then the design element that I particularly enjoy is there's an abundance of natural light within the residences. We have lofty six foot windows, and then most of the residences have either a private terrace or a private balcony. And then outside of your residence, but within the building, we still have some great amenities. There's a hospitality inspired lobby with a separate co-working space. There's a premium fitness studio with a separate yoga and meditation room. There's a club room that's outfitted with some soft seating, cafe tables, library. And then that club room actually opens up onto our outdoor entertaining terrace, which has its own dining area, grill stations, lounge seating, and, and a great location for hosting an outdoor party. So if our listeners want to learn more about Kite House, where should they look? The first place they should go is to kitehousedc.com. And then if they're interested in the parks at Walter Reed generally, then they can go to theparksdc.com. We have our events calendar there. Perhaps if you're in the market to rent a unit instead of purchase a unit, we also have links to other housing that's available. Jonathan Quince, developer of Kite House, thanks for being here. Again, check out kitehousedc.com to learn more. We'll have that link for you in our show notes as well, so you're just a click away. Thanks for listening. Thank you, David. If you want to learn more about Kite House, the parks at Walter Reed, or Urban Pace, make sure to check out our show notes. They are doing a lot of cool work.
And before you go, here is some quick news. Metro is delaying its plans to roll out automatic operations for all trains because of safety concerns. WMATA, that's the Metro Authority, originally planned to make the switch this fall. Now it'll start with only automatic door operation this fall and completely shift away from manual next year. The automatic system is said to save time, money, and energy, provide a smoother ride, and improve safety. D.C. public school nurses are upset about a new system that puts one nurse in charge of every four schools. The District of Columbia Nurses Association says this plan is stressful and ineffective. There are still lower-level health technicians in every school, but the nurses say schools will have limited ability to care for the students without a registered nurse in each building. And lastly, a new bill in Montgomery County would raise the base minimum wage for tipped workers. Currently, employers only need to pay MoCo tipped workers $4 an hour before tips. If passed, the minimum wage would increase at a staggered rate. The first increase would be to $6 in July 2024, then $8 in July 2025, and so on, until it reaches the same value as standard minimum wage. And that is all for today here on CityCast DC. If you enjoyed the show, tell someone who's got strong opinions about Metro, parking, or housing, which is to say everyone. We'll be back tomorrow morning with more news from around the city. Bye.